This is a special feature from Overdrive. And now, here's our broadcast. I guess I go back to this, and I've said it a lot. John Claybrook stood in front of us, a driver for Teague Symposium in Washington. I was there, and she actually said it, and she meant it. And uh, she was the founder of Parents Against Tired Truckers. So it was an emotional comment. But she said that over 60% of America's truck drivers have obstructive sleep apnea, and that is equal to or worse than driving drunk. Well, that was a big lie, and now with all due respect to John Claybrook, uh, that hyperbole and that exaggeration and outright misrepresentation of the facts has influenced and changed the hours of service and everything else that's occurred since then, the FMCSA has been obsessed with fatigue driving, as you well know. And as usual, when they get involved and try to tweak something down looking for the perfect driver, they usually screw it up. We saw the train wreck coming about three or four years ago, actually. I have a relationship with Dr. John Galakaz, who founded PDMD, who's also, most of you probably heard him on the thing on the show, but he's, he's been involved with driver uh, health and, and wellness and care for 30 years, 25, 30 years. And we started talking about this issue and what it meant for our industry. And I, and I don't want to start at the beginning of time, but it's almost impossible not to, to really put apnea, obstructive sleep apnea, in the proper context. Because as we said on the radio show just a while ago, it's a judging act. I've been on a CPAP machine at that, at that very fatigue some of the symposium, I, I know exactly what day it was, the day Payne Stewart died in the airplane crash. Because I was in Washington and left Washington uh, and flew to Atlanta. I heard about uh, uh, Payne's plane being you know, disabled uh, in the airport in Washington. When I got to Atlanta and got to my hotel room, the same guy, James Hall, who was the head of the surfboard back then, the same guy that spoke to us at the driver fatigue seminar in Washington was at the crash scene in South Dakota. But I came back home. That has nothing to do with anything. It just helps me remember the date. Uh, I never screwed that date up because it was a significant day for me in a lot of ways. I came back home and I got to sleep stuff because when they started talking about apnea, they were talking to me. I was tired. Uh, I, I would come home and eat dinner and have one of those scotches and fall into bed at 8 o'clock. I could barely get out of bed at 8 o'clock the next day. And uh, I had a sleep deficit. A show dog couldn't jump over. And uh, I've been on a CPAP machine ever since. It saved my life and it's extended my life and my quality of life. I'll tell you that story. That's, that's 14 years ago, guys. 
I, I hook up Snuffy every night. And uh, <laughs> my wife named him Snuffleupagus. So I have a real story to tell about uh, how what a great thing it is to have apnea or hypopnea treated. It is a life change, and it's a hundred percent life change. You're not a little bit pregnant. <laughs> And I, I would, I would say that to anybody in the general population, truck drivers, doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. If you're, if you have the symptoms, go see a doctor. But it's your decision to do that, not the federal government's. And it's your decision to do that, not the owner of your truck company. And it's certainly your decision to do that, not a chiropractor or a nurse practitioner who's practicing medicine, I think, irresponsibly, if not illegally, and disqualifying some of the best drivers in America for no good reason whatsoever. Now, where we have a problem is connecting the dots between apnea and untreated apnea and the ability to operate a commercial vehicle safely. That's where the dots are connected. We all have apnea. All of us. If you've ever slobbered on your pillow when you sleep, you have apnea. And apnea is a time while you're asleep where you actually stop breathing or the oxidation level in your brain diminishes enough to where you're not getting the proper oxidation level to your brain. And that particular form of apnea is called hypopnea, that's what I have. I don't quit breathing, but my oxygen level in my brain would go from, it's supposed to be a straight line like this, and it would go, because I have a large tongue and a small jaw. It has more to do with the structure of your mouth and jaw than it does with age, alcohol, or snoring, or anything else. But my tongue would slide back over my windpipe and my oxidation level would go down. And it looked like this on a graph. It's supposed to look like this and it would go And it'd get down to about 75 instead of 96. And I, this little bridge, my subconscious would do like that. My tongue would slide back up. I'd start getting oxygen to my brain again and the graph goes back up. But it repeated itself all night long which meant that I never actually got to what we call REM sleep, rapid eye movement. Never got to that level of sleep where you actually get restorative rest. When you have a sleep study done, you will get an AHI, uh, apnea hypopnea index. And it will tell you how bad or good or how effectively your body is taking care of your apnea. And I, and here, here's the deal. Just like Redmond, doctors have fallen in love with prescribing CPAP. And guess what? Even if you've got moderate apnea and you start sleeping with CPAP machine, you probably help yourself. But I, we think in our protocol, 
an AHI that's uh, mild to operable is below 15. Uh, 15 to 19, 12 to 19, and you're kind of in a gray area. Over 20, in my opinion, you're not getting REM sleep. You're not getting the proper rest, and you will build up a sleep test. I had a, like I said, I had a, a an hypopnea problem that I showed up. I had a sleep deficit that was really large. But when I started nasty, this is all when I started nasty. I was driving 40,000 miles a, a year on a four-wheeler. That's a lot of miles. Never fell asleep at the wheel. Never got in an accident. Never fell asleep at a stoplight. I managed my fatigue. I was tired all the time. But I typically, what I do is I get the car and 60 miles down the road, I pick up. What is going on? Pull off the side of the road, lock the car, keep the engine running, take me about 20 minutes down, and I can drive my I was managing my fatigue. Uh, this is a really, really sticky subject. Like I say, over here, I want everybody that has acne to be treated, seen, and get it fixed. It's really important to over here, I do not believe that drivers who have untreated accidents are at risk of driving. They just aren't.